Welcome to Time Lapse, everybody. Your future self says, the cat hid the keys under the bed. I'm Dan Manning. And I'm Misha Stanton. And today, we have a very special guest with us, the unnamed female friend of the protagonists. Just kidding, it's Eli Barraza. Say hi, Eli. The unnamed female protagonist usually doesn't speak and is only shown in uh, flashbacks. So, like, you're cool with me speaking? Like, that's, like, we can yeah, do that? Yeah, please. Uh, correction, flash forwards. Hey. Today, we're talking about Looper. Looper is a 2012 movie made by Brick and other movies that aren't Star Wars 8 director Ryan Johnson. I don't know. It's a time travel movie, ostensibly. But it's also a movie about, like, there's a future dystopia. I mean, there's mostly time travel, but there's also, like, telekinesis and, like... There's a lot of things that hover, and I have a lot of questions about that. They try to cover a lot of sci-fi ground for 106 minutes. Yeah, they really... They go for it. There's a lot of it's a lot of stuff to cover. There's like eye drop drugs and there's a solar panel retrofitted cars. I love those. I thought those were really great. That's pretty rad. Before we get too far, let's give like a quick rundown about Looper. What is the thing that he says? Time travel. Time travel hasn't been invented yet, but in the future it will be. What was that voice? Was that your JGL? No, that was my m- mobster. That's close enough. Yeah, I believe you were a mobster. Like okay. if I was just if I was just hearing it, you know. Be like, sure. ooh, don't wanna mess with Misha. Misha the mobster. <laughs> so in twenty forty four there's a mob that is run by people from 2074. And sometimes when the future people need to kill somebody, you can't kill people in the future. You so know, for, you, for trackers, because they're trackers. Yeah, so you have to send them to the past and have your past cronies murder them then. And then put them in an incinerator. Th- those are the rules that we were informed. They were very clear. So they're loopers. They're like, they're hitmen who kill people from the future. And then the reason they're called loopers is that eventually they'll send back future you if you make it, if you live 30 years and at that point, you kill your future self, you get a final payday of, instead of a bunch of silver, you get a bunch of gold, and then you're good. And then you go out and live the rest of your shitty life until the mob comes and kills you. But not for Bruce Gordon Willis. Uh, Name is Joe, because he's just so average. Well, no, this is not the first person to lose their loop. Oh, you're or right. have their loop first, run away. First looper, Paul Dano. Let's his oh loop my God. guy go. I... His, his name is Seth, and many of my notes are, Seth is so dumb, and Paul Dano needs to chill. <laughs> yeah, I, I... When we rewatched this, I mean, I was rewatching this. Eli, this was your first time, but when old Paul Dano kind of had his moment in the limelight, I just did not watch any of it, like any of it. There's a lot of, like, bloodless yet gruesome body horror. Well, that, that's the thing, and I feel like he brings up a lot of great questions because we see this, like, scar forming about, like, where to meet people. We need to explain more than that. Old Seth, he's looped back by his future self, but he escapes. So they capture Paul Dano, and they start, you know, amputating limbs, as you do. And as they're amputating Paul Dano... Old Paul Dano, like, starts to lose his limbs, like, kind of slow-like. And we, we, like, see this happen. He's, like, running, and then all of a sudden he doesn't have feet, and then he doesn't have, like, hands and fingers. But the trick is that he's only amputated as it happens to his younger self. Yeah. So, like, he has feet to run on, to run towards the meetup spot where he's supposed to meet his captors right up until the point where his captors cut off young Paul Dano's feet, and then he doesn't have those feet anymore. But if he didn't have feet the whole time... 
because he got them chopped off 30 years ago, he wouldn't have even been able to get that far. That also implies that there is a future in which they cut off Paul Dano's feet and then wake him up and let him live the rest of his life, which they clearly were never going to do anyway. So the second they decide to kill him or even capture Paul Dano, he should have just disappeared. Yes. If that's the case. I agree, but I I like the idea that like time is just giving him the option. Hey, if you're fast enough, you can save yourself. It's just time being like, hey, I'm, I'm looking out for you. I'm giving you an opportunity and you done goofed, but you tried. In your experience with time travel media, does time usually give people a break? No, but I'm like doing like backflips right now to like make this work for this movie. This movie makes you work. That's really what it comes down to. (laughs) Yeah, I really love trying to give the post hoc explanation of like trying to make magic in something work, trying to make like the science fiction like work properly because I don't know, I want to see all my sci-fi be good sci-fi, but this just, it's a bunch of really good ideas that I just feel like were writers roomed to become better narrative moments, but then like lost the fact that they made sense and like were coherent. There's a great scene that I love where Joseph Gordon-Levitt starts asking his future self, Bruce Willis, basic questions about how any of this works or makes any sense. And Bruce Willis just like starts yelling at him. I don't want to be sitting here all day mapping out a diagram with straws and like, sorry, but I do. Um, I don't know. I appreciate it because like if they threw out the straws and then the straws could end up in the ocean and like kill a baby sea turtle. So like I was I was pretty cool with that. They could have used a pen then. He had a pen. Diagrams of pens does not roll off the tongue no, quite but, like, as well. Just like get a napkin, draw on a napkin. Look, Wrinkle in Time did it better. Like, let's just, let's just. Yeah, no. We'll have to save Wrinkle in Time for another episode. Oh, God, yeah, we do. Maybe after the Ava DuVernay mm-hmm. version comes out, that'll be nice. Can I invite myself? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Come on back. That scene in the diner probably has the smartest character in the movie in it, Beatrix, who sees Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Gordon-Willis walk into the diner together and sit down and immediately leaves before the shootout happens. Well, okay, let's be real. In this dystopic world... Right, you work in a diner in the middle of nowhere. And these two shady guys come in and like, you know one of them is probably a hitman. The other one looks a little too much like the guy that's probably a hitman. And so you're like, hey, here's your identical meals. This is okay, shady, I'm weird. out. That's it's not that weird. weird that two people got like steak and no, eggs No, but they from look a... like eerily similar and they both look really weird. It is weird when it's Bruce Willis and a younger man made with prosthetics to look exactly like young Bruce Willis. Uh, that actually would be a lot more eerie. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. The makeup artist in this movie did a fantastic job turning Joseph Gordon-Levitt into like, young Bruce Willis. If we want to talk about like the real future technology that was at play here, it was those prosthetics. That was just yeah. absolutely incredible. They spent way more money on that effect than they did on the hover bike effect. Oh my god, I was just thinking about the hover bike sequence. Oh my god. You see how we're spiraling away from the time travel because there's just so many other things in this movie besides the time travel? Yeah, we haven't even started talking about the psychic kid and like there's a whole time travel thing. Okay, so Bruce Willis goes back in time because he has to save his wife, right? That got, we'll get to that. His future wife. His future nameless wife. So he is trying to find the younger version of this crime boss, Rainmaker. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because he compares his memory to a cloud. I'm like, oh, the Rainmaker makes clouds go away. And I don't know. It was a metaphor I was reaching. I'm sure Ryan so Johnson appreciates you. <laughs> like that one monologue at the end where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, I saw the future unfold before me. That can totally fits in with your whole Rainmaker dispels clouds or makes clouds happen. Well, he also like makes it rain blood. I don't. Uh, this is just a mess. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, there are like three possible kids, and this is the Terminator briefly. Because they were all born in the same hospital on the same day or so. So, come on. <laughs> That's all I got. No, just... we already did that episode, <laughs> Daniel. Well, like, literally, that is what he does, is he, I said something about terminating, and Eli, you were like, do you really have to be that that euphemistic about it? But no, he's going back in time with a list of names, trying to kill people before they can grow up to become your enemy. That was me just not catching the reference, because oh, yeah. I was so just caught up in the man pain in this movie. Well, okay, so, so since we're now talking about the man pain in this movie, let's bring up the nameless wife from the future. So, remember when we were like, hey, they have really clear rules at the beginning of the movie about how you can't kill people in the future. Yeah, you can't kill people because they, like, track them, so you have to send them back in time while they're still alive and then kill them in the past so they can't track them there, right? It, yeah, but then when they're like, oh, Bruce Willis, your time is up and we have to send you back. The wife is there and she gets shot for some reason. Oh, yeah, but wait, you can't murder people in the future. But you can't murder people in the future unless they're the the nameless wife of Bruce Willis, so he has a justification to go back to his angsty younger self and try and kill children. Once again, we're doing some mental backflips to justify. And another thing, Bruce Willis could have had any other motivation for wanting to do that. Yeah, but isn't love the greatest motivation of all? I mean, I guess... Maybe. I just want to point out that I just double-checked the IMDb page for the cast list. She is listed as Old Joe's Wife. Ooh. They try to, like, give her some qualities just real fast where, like, they meet for the first time and she flips him off. Like, she's sassy. No, she's a prop. I said, Bay, like, flip him off again. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, no, now you're in bed with him? No. No, this is the exact opposite of what I wanted to happen. Well, she's not just sexy. Remember, she helps old Joe get over his drug addiction. So basically her qualities are sassy and is subservient and devoted to Joe and all of his needs. Much like... Our good friend Emily Blunt, friend of the show Emily Blunt. You may remember Emily Blunt from our previous episode on Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Which, weirdly enough, if you had asked me before I went into these movies which would be the better movie, I would have given opposite answers to my current beliefs. I'd have to agree with you on that. Emily Blunt plays the small psychic kid's mom, but she gave him up to her sister to live a freewheeling life in the city, so... She's not his mom, but then she comes back and now is his mom. There's okay, so there's, she couldn't just have been his mom. Yeah, well, there was like a scene where the psychic kid is like, "She's not my real mom. I remember my real mom, but she's gone now. She got killed." And then the next scene is like them doing narrative backflips to make it so that she's still his mom, but also not his mom. Like, there's no reason for her to be his actual biological mother. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt finds Emily Blunt and this child who, spoilers, is probably the Rainmaker. Uh, can I point out that, like, literally when she said his name Sid in the first scene that we meet him, I just am like, you know, I feel like that kid's gonna be the Rainmaker. And then in my notes, I just wrote across an entire page, I called the Rainmaker. I was real proud. <laughs> I wish I knew anything about the Rainmaker. Well, that's the thing. They give a couple of clues, right? So earlier on in the movie, they mentioned that the Rainmaker has like a metal jaw and is more powerful than the average boy. And then at the end of the movie, when Bruce Gordon Willis shows up to kill the Rainmaker, he like shoots him and it goes a little wide and it hits him in the jaw. And you're like, ah, oh, that's... The kid. Yeah, but then in that case, the child, Sid the child, has to have his experience with 
Bruce Willis that only happened because when he grew up and started having loopers killed off, he did that. What if he wasn't trying to cause himself to become the Rainmaker, but what if he was just trying to save his mom the whole time? This is just a story about a little boy trying to save his mom. Through a really, really convoluted plot that takes at least four different iterations of time. Look, I, I have just been doing continuous backflips and I will continue to do so. Well, like we, I'll do that with Primer. Primer has like eight timelines and I follow that movie. Well, fun fact about Looper, uh, Ryan Johnson actually consulted with Shane Carruth about the time travel rules in Looper and Shane Carruth said, yeah, this is how you should do time travel. And Ryan Johnson said, cool, cool story, bro. And then promptly ignored him. Hey, just shout out to creators. Can you like stop ignoring the experts that you talk to? Because if you don't want their advice, then maybe don't waste their time. Hey, wasting time. It's a time. It's a time pun. Uh, that's also an alternate title for this podcast. Wasting your time with Dan and Misha. Yeah, that's gonna do it for wasting your time with Dan, Misha, and Eli. Uh, thanks for listening. Quick reminder that we're doing a mailbag episode at the end of the season. Please, if you have questions about time travel media that we're not going to cover in this season, or maybe if we are and we haven't covered it yet, send all of your questions to timelapsepod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Tumblr. I'm at Misha, etc. I'm at Manuel Danning. And I'm at Eli Lizzie Lisbeth. Well, that's going to do it for time lapse. Uh, have a great time. Lapse. Wow, I'm getting chills. It's a reversal. It's weird. Oh, it does not feel right. I did not like that at all. Never see it coming. A product of the Whisperforge. Forge.